The Home Show with Sinead Ryan on News Talk. Good morning and welcome to The Home Show with me, Sinead Ryan, coming up today. Have you thought about renting a dress for this year's Christmas party or buying pre-loved instead of new? Well, top stylist Sonia Lennon will be in to chat to us about that. We'll be looking at retrofitting your home and why heat pumps aren't all they're cracked up to be. Ireland's biggest art fair is taking place this weekend and Neve Marr will be winterproofing your home. If you'd like to get involved in the show, you can text us here in The Home Show at 53106 for 30 cent. You can email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. You'll find me over on Twitter and Instagram at Sinead Ryan 100. And remember, you can listen live or listen back to the show on our podcasts on the News Talk app, which is powered by Go Loud. Now, you're very welcome along uh, to the show this morning. We're always very interested in uh, on The Home Show on new plans or any plans to alleviate the housing crisis. Um, my goodness, we know it's been going, we've been banging on it, about it for the three years we're on air for sure. The Fair Deal scheme, which is the nursing home support scheme, had its rules changed during the week. And we know there's somewhere thousands of houses, maybe up to 7,000 houses lying vacant because their owners are in nursing homes, but the families can't sell them or rent them out because all the money is taken to pay for the home care. So why would you do that? Uh, so they're left boarded up. And of course, this is a huge problem because we've people on housing waiting lists and waiting to buy houses. So um, the government has come up with an initiative to allow people in nursing homes to retain more of the money if they rent out the houses. I don't know how many people it's going to um, manage. The funding from it is expected to be in the order of 2.3 million. But when you think that the fair deal scheme costs one billion euros every year propped up by the taxpayer. Uh, it can be just a kind of a drop in the ocean. But I'd love to hear what you think about it. If you have a loved one in a nursing home, would you now think about renting out their house, you know, giving it to a family who needs it? Are you prepared to become a landlord, go down that rabbit warren of form, forms and bureaucracy and all that? Uh, or how would you feel about it? So get in touch. We may cover it in the next couple of weeks and have somebody on, an expert, talking about how it'll all work and that. Uh, but I'd love to hear your views on that. Uh, and indeed, anything else we have on the show today, you can text us here at 53106, email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com and a very warm welcome to the new 2,000 listeners that we have on the show. Uh, we are absolutely delighted to have you on board. We got our figures during the week and you are more than welcome uh, and you're very welcome along today. Now, we received an email, as we do from listeners, and get yours into the home show at newstalk.com if you have one. And uh, this was from somebody who says she'd retired from a professional job two years ago. My wardrobes are still full of business wear, she says. Suits, dresses, jackets, you know, nice labels, Max Mara, Jaeger, Hobbs, which I'll never wear again. Is there any place I can donate them where they might be of use to someone else? Maybe someone returning to the workplace or do I just ditch them? Uh, Now, well, I'm going to start by saying don't ditch them. Absolutely not. Uh, And that is both a nice dilemma to have, but it is a dilemma because you don't want to throw them away. You know, maybe you don't want to give them down to your, your local charity shop and they could have a more specialist Uh, destination. Well, I knew just the woman to ask about all of this and it is Sonia Lennon. (laughs) Ta-da! Activist, stylist, designer uh, because uh, you have the perfect answer for our listener, for this lady and it is your charity. Yeah, so um, we founded Work Equal 11 years ago now and the purpose of Work Equal is to support a woman back into the workplace or into the workplace. 
And we do that by looking at the outside messaging, which is the clothes that she wears, and looking at the inside messaging, which is um, how she communicates her own skills. And so we have a boutique on Ellis Key by appointment. Um, and we niche recycle workwear from women who no longer need pieces. Um, and we give it purposefully to women who can use it to achieve economic independence, change their outlook, uh, improve their career prospects. And, and it works. And what we do works. So um, we have about about 70% of the women who come through our service um, get the job. And that's an extraordinary hit rate. And uh, yeah, we've, we've served over 4,000 people back into work. That's fantastic. So it's really a way of equipping them with, is it as much the confidence as the clothes? Yeah, so we talk about the fact that it's a catalyst. And, you know, we don't claim to fix, in inverted commas, the woman um, for the rest of her life. But we can give her that little bit of rocket fuel so that she feels confident and equipped um, to talk about her story. And and quite often women who are, you know, coming back to the workplace after um, a gap because Mm. of, uh, you know, raising children or whatever it might be, or who are entering the workplace because of circumstances that they they didn't expect to have to go back to work, um, or, or maybe they're coming from a background where work wasn't normalised. So there's lots of different reasons. And the women who come to us are multiple and varied in their backgrounds. Um, but the point is that we, we, can, we can equip that woman with enough confidence to change her circumstance, mm. to get the job. Mm. And, and once that woman comes to us, she's actually a client for life. She then comes back to us to get you know, three outfits to rotate through her working day so she can continue to present herself with dignity as she did at interview. But it's also so much more than that. It's about um, continuing mentorship programmes, um, financial literacy, peer networking, any programme that can help that kind of incline to stay on the up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's really, really important. And how important do you think is it for interviews and things? Because everything has been online and we've all got into tracksuits and leggings and all that kind of thing. How important is it still to make an impression with clothes in the workplace? Because we are returning to the office now and dress codes are still there and there are certain requirements. You know, all the dress down thing was all fun for a while. Uh, Do you find that women feel more empowered maybe in meetings or meeting clients if they are dressed appropriately? I suppose there's a couple of angles on that. First of all, it's the fact that people make a judgment, um, you know, subconsciously or otherwise, on you within the first seven seconds of seeing you. Um, so every, every, whether you're into fashion or not is irrelevant. How you present yourself in front of other people um, initiates ju- judgments about your your capabilities, your capacities, your personality type. Um, and, and that's not necessarily a good thing, but it is a fact. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so we're dealing you're with that. You're not going to change society. Well, so you're not going to change psychology. To, so yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, make yeah. these judgments as, I suppose, shortcuts um, for our decision making. You mm. know, so if you present yourself at a job interview and you look fit for purpose, you look like you belong in that environment, that is a tick box for the person who's interviewing you. They don't have to think about that anymore. They give very little thought and then they move on to your capabilities. And that's what you want. You don't, you don't want to be turning up in ostrich feathers. You don't want to be turning up in tracksuit pants. It's, yeah, you you yeah. want to be appropriate. 
I wonder though whether a, a lot of women kind of who may have been in the workforce maybe in their 20s or early 30s and they as you said they changed they moved to home and they've gone now and they're coming back in their 50s their shape may have changed their look may have changed and in fact they may not know where to start it may be I'll just try and dress in the padded shoulders and this, the pleated skirts that I had the last time round is there a piece of education around dressing for your current self? Very much so, you know, and and uh, I'm sure there are plenty of women listening to this who really, you know, that resonates so much to them because... You just don't know where to start. You don't know where to start. And that's why when they come into our boutique, um, and, and by the way, you can ring ring directly or you can email info at workequal.ie to make an appointment and... There's no means testing. If you need our help to present yourself with confidence, you will be seen and you will be served. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's that's why our styling service is so important because our stylists are on the ground, they're working, they, they know what's appropriate and not just kind of a blanket approach to what's right and wrong, but kind of evaluating the woman herself and evaluating the job that she's going to. And the one piece of advice that I always give, give if you're going for a job at a company... Go and stake out the company. Go and see who's walking in and out. What are they wearing? Your job going to interview is to look like you belong there. That's such a great idea. Go and give it a little bit of stalking. Yeah. Never went to miss. A little bit of cagney and lacy for those that are old enough to remember. <laughs> OK, so for those of us then um, who are in work and and are kind of maybe have just trying to declutter and clear out the wardrobes and all that kind of thing, Sonia, you're a big fan of the old capsule wardrobe. And I know that, uh, of course, your fantastic collection, Len and Courtney, uh, down in Dunn's, exclusive Dunn's. We love it here because we're at the top of Graff. I know, Street, so you're, you're in line of sight. <laughs> Duns as we call it. <laughs> and we go in, we have a look at all the stuff and it's always absolutely gorgeous. And it strikes me that you have, you know, not vast collections of clothes, not loads and loads of stuff that you can't wade through, but actually a few items that all go with each other together. And if, if that's all you get, then that's all you need. Talk to me a little bit about how, and I'm speaking not for a friend, how, <laughs> how we can capsule our wardrobe. What does that mean and what kind of things should we have in it? I mean, we don't go all Marie Kondo on it, but no, style. No, and to kind of draw a line from the last piece of the conversation into this piece of the conversation, I think what we need to do is is all of us need to consume more mindfully. Um, and so when you are, the, the idea that you would throw those beautiful clothes that you spent a lot of money on into, um, you know, a landfill or to be shredded to make sweatshirts, you know, that's not the best use of those clothes. Um, and particularly if you have invested well, there's another life to be lived with those clothes. And so when you're looking at populating your own wardrobe, um, I think what really works is is to buy in a considered way and to buy well. Um, so I, I put up a post on my Instagram uh, last week and I was wearing three outfits that my mother had worn in the 60s, 70s and 80s. Wow. And so, you know... The, so you've the, recycled over the well, decades. Well, yeah. And, and if you buy well, those clothes continue to have a life. And 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 this is about kind of continued usage rather than um, disposable fashion. The, mm. that, the, the disposability is the problem, not the clothes themselves. So um, buying well continues the life of that clothes that piece of clothing and allows it to maybe live on into somebody else's life. So does it come down then to accessorising to the little touches that allows you to live uh, 
in the same clothes for, for a much longer period of time because hemlines go up and down and colours go in and out of fashion and frills come and go. Is that is a restyling as you go? Yeah, it is. I think. I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of accessories and and having a little bit of fun with accessories. Having having your having your base wardrobe as a really hard working group of clothes that can get you, you know, the white shirt and the black trousers. Well, yeah, and I mean, the, yeah. I, I'm not a white shirt girl. To be really honest with you, I've never been a white shirt girl. But I think there is a version of a white shirt for everybody. So I mean, I'm wearing a kind of a, a neoprene scuba it's sweatshirt, but it's an amazing cobalt blue color. Mm. And I'm wearing it with socks and sandals oh, just to amuse so myself. And for great. me, I think it's it's where where can the joy come from? Yeah. You yeah. know? And and yeah, absolutely earrings, belts, necklaces, handbags, whatever it is. But because they're enduring. The they're yeah, enduring yeah, yeah. those accessories and, and and it's kind of getting used to using them to to really inject that joy. Now, one of the things which I think has become very popular and I do it myself, I have a function coming up later on in the month and um, a guna is required, a full tilt kind of. Thank goodness those things are back, but not too many of them. I don't want to buy. I don't want to spend, you know, hundreds or even a thousand quid on a a dress. I'm probably only going to wear once or twice uh, this year. Uh, Renting, hiring clothes, Carrie Johnson former Prime Minister's wife uh, in the UK, big fan of this uh, and other notable celebrities as well. Uh, there's more and more places you can actually do that. Are you a fan of it? Oh, massively, massively. It's all about maximising the value, really, you know, and that's that's kind of a philosophy that spans across everything. And, and I think a lot of it is mindset, you know. I wonder, is there, I'd love to do a kind of a, a study to see if there's a connection between your contentment as an individual Mm. and your need to consume. You know, because sometimes we're looking for fulfilment through our consumption. It's like the adrenaline rush when you buy the stuff, but you don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and so then if you kind of step back and and I know it's wonderful to see all the kind of younger women looking at renting as a viable option for for occasion dressing. And I suppose realising you want to look and feel fantastic, but you don't need to buy the thing. To do that. Listen, over the years, and there have been many, many years under my belt, I, I have seen so many women who have had garments and outfits that they've spent a fortune on under plastic in their wardrobe. Yeah. They've worn it once to yeah. a wedding or a big occasion. That just doesn't make any no. sense. And by the time the next event comes around, either it's out of season, it's the wrong fit or colour, or you don't have the shoes to go with it or whatever. And it is such a waste. And you can go down to these rental shops. I mean, there's one down the road from here, Cobbett. Um, there's others, loads of... of uh, to be honest with you, they're scattered all over yeah. the country now. Yeah. So it's... It, and you go it in is, and you get it like a designer. There's no way you could afford like a badge commissioning or, a, or a, a Dior or Chanel or something like that. An item that you're thinking that would cost three or four thousand euros to buy new. And I have access it, to it. Yeah. And it's only and it's only for that night and it'll still look fun. And it's the rental and don't forget about the pre-love stores as well. Yeah. So that's another opportunity to give these great clothes so a life. So this is the thing now. I have, I have this I've hit view. a note there, Sinead. I have this view because that idea of pre-loved versus second hand, is it true? And you will know this, Sonia Lennon, because you know all things fashion. Is it true that if you go into the second hand shops in the posher parts of town, you may get a posher dress. It can be, but it actually depends on the on the 
the system of the charity shop itself because some of them are centralised uh, some of the, the collection points are they're all brought to a central depot and then they're distributed oh, right. so if if it is one of the larger charity shops um, the, the stock is spread but it, if it's a smaller independent charity shop your your theory might hold true. <laughs> the ladies of the local area exactly may have been recycling the slightly nicer gear. Those that the didn't bring them to work equal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. All right. Okay. Well, listen. That is that is fantastic. Have you Christmas parties coming up? Events you'll be dressing thriftily for? Yeah, lots of nice things um, coming up. To be honest with you, and lots of speaking events, which is is lovely. I'm in the Headford Arms Hotel on Sunday with Bio Wellness. Avian Garahi and um, speaking at Google on Monday. Uh, so yeah, it's that's me in my happy place. All right. Well, we are delighted to have you in uh, our happy place, which is in studio. And it's lovely to catch up with you and talk to you again. And the very best of luck with new collection. I'll be nipping down now. <laughs> another look at it. Thanks, Sinead. Sonia Lennon, entrepreneur, stylist and equality campaigner with Work Equal. Uh, thanks for joining us on The Home Show this morning. Now, before the break, uh, I was chatting with Sonia Lennon, activist and stylist and uh, dressmaker and all of that about capsule wardrobes and her uh, tips for styling on the cheap. If you missed that, you can listen back to the show, to that section on the Newstalk app on our podcast, uh, which is powered by Go Loud. If you'd like to get in touch with us this morning, you can text us at 53106 for 30 cent or email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. Now, what I wanted to talk about now is this whole thing about turning Ireland green and all the retrofitting projects that we have in place. We've covered them, I don't know, dozens of times on the home show. Uh, And the government has ratcheted up the grants to get your home retrofitted in order to make them up to the BUR ratings. But is retrofitting all it is cracked up to be? And specifically, the very expensive uh, heat pumps that you can uh, get and that we're all encouraged to buy. Well, Mark Keenan, property editor of the Irish Independent and independent.ie, joins me now to talk about this. Mark, you're very welcome to the show this morning. Good morning, Sinead. Now, tell us first, just for listeners, how a heat pump works. Like, what is its purpose and how does it do its job? Well, a heat pump is much the same as a fridge. Uh, uh, it's like a reverse fridge. So what a heat pump does is instead of instead of cooling uh, things down as a fridge does, it it, it, it it provides heat. So what it does essentially is it's powered by electricity. Um, it's, uh, as I say, it's a fridge in reverse. So the pump extracts the coldest parts of the air and ejects it, leaving the concentrated warmer parts to heat the liquid refrigerant, just like a fridge again. Uh, it compresses the liquid increases the temperature and it then condenses back into a liquid in a process that releases the stored heat and that then is pushed around your radiators or your underfloor okay. heating system. And the cost of them now, generally speaking, the, these are expensive pieces of kit. Uh, generally, it's estimated you'd, you'd pay in the order of 15 grand to mm. uh, to buy and install one. Okay, so like, yeah. Okay. In the house, yeah. Okay, so it's it, that that's a decision you're not going to make lightly, and you want to make sure it's going to do the job. It sits outside the house, as I uh, understand it, and it's about the size of uh, maybe a fridge freezer or or a dishwasher or something like that. Yeah. Now you wrote a very interesting piece in the Irish Independent um, about maybe not not 
that they're not all that cracked up to be. But there are lots and lots of things you need to take into account before you commit to getting uh, particularly the air source uh, heat pump, which are the most popular kind. Talk to me about some of the things that homeowners may not be aware of or some of the things that they really should be thinking twice about. Well, the purpose of the article was amidst, you know, endless positivity about uh, heat pumps. Uh, I wanted to look at some of the drawbacks. Now, as we stand, you know, heat pumps are the only game in town. So, uh, you know, they they have some of the similar drawbacks to gas and, 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 and oil systems, and they have some which are uniquely their own. And while I would still recommend that people would get a heat pump instead of, of a gas or oil system, they really need to be aware that it's not all plain sailing. So the first uh, thing, obviously, is they cost a lot of money. So 15 grand... That's kind of three times, I think, the gold rate of a gas boiler replacement, you know. Mm, mm. And the other thing that people don't seem to realise is you're going to have to buy another one. So, you know, because eventually uh, they've lots of moving parts. Um, they wear out after about 15 years. But you could be replacing yours at 10 years because 15 years is the average. So consider if you replace after 15 years. Now, I have a gas boiler at the moment. It's 22 years old. So um, if you have to replace it, that's a thousand euros a year. You know, it mm. works out. So you'd so want you'd to, to be saving that. more than that, wouldn't you, to make it worthwhile yeah, you'd to want, do it? Yeah, you'd want to be saving a thousand a year and then add the annual cost of the electricity consumption because yeah. these things run on electricity. And, you, you know, it brings it up closer to the cost of running, say, a gas or an oil. Okay. Uh, now, when um, when you're taking one into an existing house, as opposed to building from scratch, where I know they're all in the new houses now, and that's fine, is there a piece there then about having to make sure your house is prepared for one of these things? Well, you know, the government is promoting them in accordance with an overall package of insulation. So, you know, you if if your house is leaking air here or there, your heat pump won't work as efficiently as it should do. So the best circumstances for using a heat pump is in a house that's been taken up to a B rating or an A rating. Um, The other thing to consider is that some houses won't suit them. So, you know, if you have a listed house, for example, where you can't replace sash windows with, Mm. you know, triple glaze, uh, you know, um, there's going to be some issues there. The other thing is that the... Uh, they work best with, with underfloor heating. I mean, uh, it's regularly stated and underfloor heating is expensive to put yeah. in. So there are, you know, if you want to get the best out of your heat pump uh, system, you, you, you need to invest uh, all around. So yeah. they, they yeah. really are seen as part of a huge retrofit project. If you're in an older house particularly, like mm. it's not just a case of going out, buying the pump and getting somebody to fit it because if you're in a G-rated house or you've got leaky windows it's not really going to help you very much. It's less and less efficient. I mean it will it, you know it's like having your fridge running with a leak in the seal you know it, 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 it uses more it, the fridge would use more power it wouldn't be as efficient. Okay. The other thing is they don't provide as much sort of Intense heat, let's say. So we're all familiar with we come in after a cold day and we, we press the, the boost button on the heating yeah. system just to get a bit toasty for a while. Well, air, air source heat pumps provide a sort of low-level ambient heat rather than the toasty heat you're used to. And, you know, I, my research shows that a lot of people 
uh, dispute whether they are effective uh, or that they're maybe less effective in, in, in big big spaces like the popular sort of open plan kitchen, dining, living room spaces mm-hmm. uh, that maybe you might need a larger system uh, uh, or maybe two units. So does that know. mean that the, that you have to run them all of the time to get that ambient heat? You, you don't put it on and put it off the way you normally would with a gas boiler? Yeah, well, for them to be heating, they have to be running, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. And, and you know, I, I like I, I, my research, I, I couldn't figure this out now, you know, uh, whether you, some some websites that I looked at, some some companies that run the heat pumps and so on, or, or that sell the heat pumps, uh, some talk about don't tinker with the settings. So don't turn it up and down if you want to get the best out of it. And that doesn't sound great, you know. Mm. Or and, and also, I couldn't figure, some, some experts were saying, well, you've got to keep it running all the time when it's cold. So, you know, you've got to bear in mind that it, 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 it you know, it might be a, a better option than uh, gas or uh, oil um, within uh, the case of uh, an overall retrofit, you know. OK, um, but, but just so, be aware of your spend, yeah. that all the other stuff is mm. in place before you put it in mm. uh, and, and on its own, it's not the panacea towards anything. Well, they pump up the volume as well. So they're, you know, they are, the complaints about them in the past is that they've been very noisy. So there's a different level of noise outside and inside. Thankfully, the noise level inside is low level. Uh, Improvements have happened uh, over the last few years. They've managed to get those noise level down, but they're still, it's estimated that the modern outdoor unit makes 40 to 60 decibels of noise in an estate with homes close together. That's probably like a low level humming Mm-hmm. Uh, inside 30 to 35 decibels comparing to someone whispering, but constantly. They're also, don't put one on the side of your house, so, you, you know, if you if you put it up on the wall, you, you, it's uh, uh, unless it's above head level, it's going to affect you walking around the house. If you mm-hmm. put it on the ground, you've got issues there to worry about too. The other thing is you need to service them often. So, you know, manufacturers reckon you should check the filters regularly because they're sucking in air So mm. from the outside. So leaves, insects, windborne seeds, yeah. anything likely to be picked up by a suction unit. Uh, they recommend that a service engineer check it at least once a year. Well, we didn't mention the big two, um, you know, uh, the cost of electricity is surging and you're mm. half saving the planet because most of electricity is generated by what? Still fossil fuels. Isn't a it, great big giant gas boiler. <laughs> In fact, what you could be doing is you, because um, it was estimated recently that uh, between uh, 11 and 21% of our electricity in September was generated by coal. Yeah. So we know, so, you, know, so, you could so be we installing have your, added, your heat system, get rid of your gas boiler and, um, you know, it's run on coal. All right. OK. Mark Keenan, Property Editor of the Irish Independent and Independent.ie. Thanks a million for bringing us up to date with all no of No problem, Sinead. Thank you. Now, sustainability expert and events organiser Geraldine Carton started painting as a hobby during lockdown. She's recently turned her hobby into a professional career and this weekend she'll exhibit her work at the Art Fair Art Source, which is taking place in the RDS. And she joins me now. Geraldine, you're very welcome to the Home Show. Thank you so much for having me. Thrilled to be here. Now, so this is interesting because lots of us had notions of taking up the painting and the baking and the pottery and all of that. And for most of us, that's where it stayed. You went full hog on this. Tell me all about that. 
Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess it was like just one positive story out of out of all the negative that happened over COVID. And I was not having any children and working in events. I just suddenly had a lot of free time once COVID hit. And I always loved art when I was in school, but I just, I don't know, I had in my head that I couldn't possibly make it into a, a career, a profession. And then um, it just, I suppose, was a case of once you pop, you can't stop. And I really got the bug and I loved it. And yeah, luckily, I mean, or fortunately, I, I got really good positive feedback from friends and family and stuff. And that kind of bolstered me to keep going. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm just really excited to be doing arts first now. And what kind of paintings uh, do you do you prefer? Do you create? Um, well, I love doing images of people. I love catching people, um, you know, expressing themselves in particular. I love doing scenes of of my locale and, you know, kind of where I'm walking around and the things I see. And I suppose, like, you know, the work I do with Sustainability and, and the Uses Project, it's all about trying to create a more of a world that we want to see. And I maybe in, in my art, it kind of reflects that as well. It's trying mm-hmm. to um, portray some of... Um, the, the best bits of life as, as far as I see it and bits that I enjoy um, so there's probably a lot of whimsy and energy and, and as, as much kind of fun as I can in, um, inject as much as possible Right okay well we'll talk about the Art Source Art Fair in a few moments but I'm interested in what you just mentioned there which is your useless project now there is the name for something mm-hmm. tell us what it is and how it came about yeah, there's always a kind of a flash of fear for people when, when they're saying it, because I think some people think it's useless, some people think it's useless, but really it's, it's both. It's a double entendre and it's really just touching on that useless feeling that a lot of people have in the face of the climate crisis. It's so easy to feel useless and like there's no point in doing anything whilst we really believe that it comes down to using less, doing more with less, but also like com- connecting more. So mm. our big... Um, focus is is bringing people together, creating community, um, whether it's with a focus on sustainability or or creativity as well. We're both, it's myself and my business partner, Taz Kelleher, and we're both really passionate about creativity and and the benefits, you know, to your mind, to, 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 to community, to all areas of life, really, and being able to express yourself in a creative way with like, you know, no pressure as well. And it's, you know, people might be like, well, what's the connection between creativity and sustainability? Um, when really it's, it's, it's about bringing people together. And if they're able to do something, whether it's, I don't know, knitting or sewing or mending clothes, which obviously comes into the whole sustainable aspect, but um, it, it's an opportunity to open up conversations. And I think that that has what we've seen with so many social movements over the last while, whether it was repeal or the marriage referendum, it's about opening up conversations, people learning from each other. Mm. Um, and we really feel like that's a way to bolster the um, the sustainability movement and, and the kind of fight against climate chaos. Yeah, and I suppose like everybody wants to do their bit intellectually and practically. And we're all, you know, the recycling now has become second nature and, you know, buying, getting rid of the bags and the plastic and all that kind of thing. But do you think people can sometimes feel intimidated by the enormity of the challenges that we have and, and maybe say, oh, listen, there's so little I can do to make a difference that there's no point in doing anything? Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, honestly, that's where the whole idea came from, because we would have felt that ourselves. It's not like, you know, we came out of the womb with like placards being like, you know, s- climate change and, and climate chaos needs to stop and, and being sustainable from day one. It's like we weren't and we've, we've been there before of that sense of not caring or not being aware. And then suddenly the realisation how dark it is, how serious an issue it is, the, the fear, the, that kind of climate anxiety. And then luckily we had this kind of more of a, a willingness and an energy to do something about it that that was injecting mm. more of a positive slant and a can-do attitude and and a fun as well. Like that's really, you know, so much of 
the events we host, which, you know, range from flea markets to, to, to we give talks to schools and businesses. And, and we also host like, you know, workshops, as I was saying before, like clothes mending, that kind of stuff. But really, it's about trying to approach a dark subject with, with a light um, with a light approach, I suppose, mm. um, with a, or a light energy, and and in, you know inject some fun, and you know I suppose like what's the point in doing any of the work if you're not going to be able to enjoy mm. enjoy the life? So that I, what we find is when people come together in this way that they they do feel galvanized because they meet other people who you know similar minded to to do something more positive. So what kind mm. of things could we be doing then in our own homes that would help that process that we're not currently doing but but don't require such a leap of faith or a cost yeah. I suppose yeah I suppose like what I'm kind of I, I'm, I kind of tend to go away from like the, the quick hacks because that's what I used to talk about before but now I'm really passionate about it's just a change of our frame of mind I think the way we move in the world it's so easy to get sucked into this kind of consumerism driven behaviors and stuff so I suppose it's it's thinking about okay well, what what where like where in my life can I change that I know will make a positive difference so for example what we tend to focus on is like food and fashion mm-hmm. um, and fashion as I'm sure most people listening to this know is, is can have such a detrimental um, effect on not only the planet and the you know kind of environment where the clothes are made but also amongst the people and communities you know from a hu- humanitarian point of view and um, so if we were able to Think about the amount of clothes we buy, where we buy our clothes from and how fast we go through our clothes, mm. whether we just wear them once or twice and throw them out or are we really looking to buy quality and, and rewear what we yeah, have. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what Sonia Lennon was talking about at the top of the show, that kind of sustainability in, in buying well but small kind of yeah. thing. Uh, and then when it comes to food, um, you're, you're, you know, this is about not wasting any products or, or reusing. And of course, that has an added impact because our energy bills are so high at the moment that we need to be, we need to save money everywhere. Exactly. And it's funny because a lot of the time people have this perception that in order to be sustainable, you have to be able to afford like 200 euro organic cotton shirts or you have to buy only organic produce, which is, you know, astronomically expensive for people, you know, sometimes. So, well, we believe, and like, I'm, it's amazing when you actually put things into practice, it's so often that actually the real sustainable um, uh, behaviours like, lead to a huge decrease in spending and huge mm-hmm. savings. And, and a lot of the time, it's just going back to basics. It's not reinventing the wheel. But yeah. like, you know, yeah. by reducing your food waste, like we waste so much food by reducing that. And I'm trying to think, OK, well, actually, what did I throw it last month or last week? You know, can I can I um, shop in a more clever way or, you know, look at the way in which I'm storing my food mm. in, in my fridge or freezer? You know, different hacks like that really does go a long way. Um, you know, by the end of the year, the same thing with clothes. You know, we, we spend so much, even though you might think that you're buying like, you know, a cheap top or whatever. It's actually not cheap if it means that you, the, the quality is so poor that you have to buy six sure. or seven of them a year, you know? Yeah. So yeah. a lot of the time it really, you know, buy, just be that little bit more conscious. With and being, just being sensible about it and being aware of it at all times. Yeah. Now let's talk about the Art Source Art Fair. Uh, this is on in the RDS this weekend. It's on every year, today and tomorrow. And there are lots and lots of artists and galleries exhibiting, 160 of them, uh, of which you are one, of course. Uh, so can people get Christmas presents there or it was only for the highfalutin fancy collectors or what? I, honestly, I think there's something for everyone there. Like, you know, it's an incredible range, like literally every, something to cater to every taste. Um, definitely a good place 
to get a Christmas present, I would say. But luckily, you know, there is that kind of, there's a range in styles, but also a range of prices. So even though I know myself, I'm selling prints as well as originals. So definitely that means that, um, you know, prices can start from 40 euro and then work its way way up way 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 up, <laughs> way up. all right okay well people can go along and have a look at that it's at artsource.ie and Geraldine where can people find more about the use less or the useless project so we're at the useless project on Instagram um, and yeah we've got loads of information there and kind of deep dives into different topics about sustainability creativity loads of events we've got a flea market coming up next weekend if anyone's interested in the workman's club um, so yeah it's all going right. on okay wonderful well busy lady are artist and activist uh, and all of the stuff in between. Geraldine Carton, thank you so much for joining us this morning on The Home Show. Thanks. Uh, now, we are joined by show regular, Neve Marr, Commercial Creative Director with The Journal. Uh, Neve, you're very welcome back to studio. We love having you in. Thanks, Sinead. Delighted and to be here. it's great. And I know you've been busy shopping uh, throughout <sighs> the week for us. But before we get into all of that stuff. Uh, We wanted to talk to you, especially this time of year. Now, I know the weather has been quite mild so Mm -hmm. far this week, uh, but that is not going to last and it is certainly going to be a, a very chilly few months we're into. So we're talking about tips for winter proofing and you know, stuff that you can get, stuff you can do, not retrofitting your whole house, mm. just simple things that you can take just to keep those electricity and gas bills a little bit down and just try and feel a bit cosier, I suppose. Absolutely. So tell me what you've been looking at. Yeah, definitely. So it's it's definitely that time of year. And although, as you mentioned, it's been a little bit more mild this week, definitely not going to last. I always think when it comes to your home and when it comes to trying to keep it warm, the automatic reflex is to make sure that the heating is on and make sure that all the lights are on and that you're cosy as a bug. But actually, as we all know, that runs up the bills. And I think that it's important to try and do it in ways that can be cost-saving as well. So I looked at a few different options. The first thing to do is that if you're in your home or your apartment or wherever it is that you're living and you feel like there's a draft, Mm. find out where the air is getting in from. That is one of the most important things because then you can figure out a way to remedy it. Now, there are some newfangled ways to do that and there's a little bit more of an old school way to do that as well, which I'll tell you about. But if you want to know where the air is getting in, you can get a thermal leak detector from blackanddecker.ie. They range from about 63 euro up to 100 euro and it basically helps identify issues with the insulation of your home. So if you think that there's a draft coming in, to be honest, I'm terrible at figuring out where drafts are. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. You, you think it's going to be the window or or under the door. Yeah, it's not always the obvious but, yeah, one. Exactly. You know, it could so be your fireplace. It could be, you're, you're just feeling that chill, but there's no air to, to match up to it. Exactly. So this one is very high tech. It flashes blue for cold, green for normal and red for warm. So if you do have a warm draft coming in and then you can kind of plan, okay, if you feel like there's a lot coming in this way, then you can plan. Now, if you don't want to go and buy a thermal leak detector from Black & Decker, just hold a candle up to where you think. I mean, it's exactly. old school but it works a treat. So the same thing, the candle will tell you where the draft is coming in as well. And then you can kind of think about how you want to do it Mm. from there. Um, And then, so you've identified where the air is coming in. You've identified the leak. And let's be honest, it's usually cold air at this time of air. So insulating your home 
Sounds expensive, but actually there are ways that you can do it. Your windows are obviously the place yeah. where a lot of cold air comes in from. So just say you have, uh, you know, a regular window. You wanted to get potentially secondary glazing. This was something that I actually only found out about in the past year since I've got my house. My I got a new build and I didn't know what secondary glazing was at all. Turns out it's just another pane of glass mm, in, mm. in front of your window. So from the inside, that's where it is. It's costly. So it does get up there in terms of the expense. It depends on what type of windows you have. It depends on obviously the company that you use as well. If you wanted to go and get secondary glazing, secondaryglazing.ie, they promise to reduce heat loss by 65%. Yeah, so it's kind of one of those investments that pays back. There's also a thing you can get. I think Lenehan sell it. Um, that's a strip it's for all intents and purposes it's like you know the blue peters to keep back plastic and you you put it on your window and yep. it creates a whole other now there's all kinds of tutorials about hair dryers and bubbles oh, <laughs> trying yeah. to, so it's a fun project this is it if, if you thing. don't want to go with the the proper secondary glazing just exactly what you said yeah. we're shopping in the same place as Sinead 1699 draft seal insulating ah, glazing film that's what it calls so it creates right. a secondary glazing effect on windows reduces the heat loss and it fits all windows as well so it's easy to cut and stuff. because just, you cut it to fit don't you, you cut it to okay. fit but do make sure that you check the instructions because I'm sure that it's kind of like wallpapering. I'm sure there's a knack to it. Nobody likes a bubble. But that will will do the job, you know. So if you don't want to invest it's a good thing to go with this. I mean, it's 17 euros, so you get it. Exactly. Or even if you can't get tradespeople in, like until the new year, we know there's still a huge pressure in that market oh, yeah. to try and get people in and, and saving the bit of money towards it and all that. So it is, actually, I've heard great success stories of that film. Did you just give it the name of it again? Exitex Draft Seal Insulating Glazing Film, 1699. You can find it in Woody's as well as Lenehan's.ie okay. as well. Okay. Now, what else? So, radiator reflector foil. So this was something that I had absolutely no idea about. I hold my hands up. Um, Obviously a lot of homes have radiators. I have radiators upstairs in my home and actually I have underfloor Mm. heating downstairs which is great. Um, But a lot of Irish homes do have radiators. Are you getting the most out of your radiators? This is the big question. So I didn't know that sometimes due to the positioning of a radiator and the positioning of your furniture the radiators aren't actually reflecting the heat into the room. So this is very important, in particular if you have a radiator on an exterior wall, this is very important. Mm. So what this does is um, it's a reflective metallized poly ester and polyethylene foam roll. Apologies if I said that wrong. And it reduces the heat loss from radiators by reflecting the heat back into the room. This is €8.55 on screwfix.ie and you get over a metre of it. So similar to the glazing film, you can cut it to fit your radiators yeah. and you can put it in the position that you want to. I wonder though, do, and this is fine because we're all doing what we can here, but does it make your room look a bit like, you know, the capsule in the space shuttle? <laughs> going <laughs> going hey, everyone loves a metallic, Sinead. <laughs> That's true. Everyone loves a metallic. It is, sorry, it is the finish du jour. <laughs> you know, you'll be on trend with exactly. the silver foil. Okay, okay. And I wonder then, Neve, is it a good idea that to get rid of the radiator covers? I know they're beautiful. They the are nice. Latticed kind of woodwork and all that. But a lot of them can be removed. And I wonder whether this is the winter when we should be doing that. 
I mean, do you know what? Radiator covers are an interesting one. I don't actually know the percentages of, of whether or not it, it contributes to any kind of heat loss or, or heat retention. But I've never been a massive fan of radiator covers. Mm. I feel like they can be a little bit blocky. They're kind of counterintuitive. You they're, know they're not going to yeah. heat up as, as much as having it naked. And you can paint your radiators now with special paint and they can blend in with your walls. I was going to say that actually if you go onto Pinterest or Instagram you can find really beautiful and actually vintage radiators are a massive trend now as well. So people are actually installing kind of more old school long radiators. The ones you would have seen in your school. Absolutely and they become a feature. Yes. Oh my God I had navy ones in my school. Oh I hated them actually. But I might get them from my house. now. Now of course there is a DIY option. I was having building work done um, last year and this wasn't so much to keep drafts out because it was in the summer but it was definitely to keep the dust out I swear to God it was absolutely brilliant uh, got a bath towel just made it damp in water and rolled it up really tight behind the door it stopped every single grain of dust coming in and I reckon now in the winter it would do the same with uh, drafts absolutely these are easy to DIY really at home. or you get a pair of tights aren't we all back in the tights now and we yeah. hate it get your t- get your your pair of tights and stuff rags stuff or old them. tights into it and stick it up against the door get absolutely. the kids to decorate it with eyes and yeah that sew sounds in terrifying for hair if you <laughs> and give it a name that sounds awful make it a fun project yes all right okay now that's brilliant okay so they're all the kind of the go-to tips and the technical side of things uh, but we're going to move on to the nice like there's no point doing it if we're not stylish no need exactly. isn't that right we have to go there and we know that the trend which we all came to love during lockdown the hug you nailed it just, we had somebody in to tell us how Hugga. to pronounce that it was, people were saying hygge for a very long yeah. time do you remember that yeah. Hugge. Yeah, Hugge. anyway so you that's still a good thing and it's still something we like to see so you have done what it is you do and gone out shopping for oh, lovely yeah. cosy warm winter interiors I did a little bit of, I did a little bit of shopping I mean you have to the thing is with Hugge which I will pronounce correctly now is that it translates to cosy it actually um, obviously it's a Scandinavian Scandinavian movement, I suppose you would call it. It's a way of life. And they actually say that you can't buy Huga, but we're going to buy it because... <laughs> because you can buy everything. They're the happiest people in the world. We need stuff sometimes. We just do. <laughs> so talking about how to keep your home cosy during the winter months. So throws are obviously the first port of call for this. Next Ireland, I just mentioned them. They've got Don the Dachshund, but they also have fantastic faux fur wraps from around 70 euro to euro up until around 100 euro so you know they're a little bit pricier but they will last now the fur thing is interesting so Faux-fur. you're <coughs> Faux-fur. 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 yeah so you're using that as a throw because some people would take that and use it like as a rug oh or yeah a mask. No, 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 you throw it on both. the bed throw it okay. on the bed Absolutely. I wonder actually when I was a child there were butchers that used to sell sheepskin yeah yeah I remember I had a sheepskin I wonder do they still do that if you're a butcher get in touch and let us know because because the sheep's fleece is just like so environmentally friendly yep. and warm and cosy and all Absolutely of that. Absolutely byproduct of the food industry. So a lot of them that are being made now are being made, yeah. you know, in sustainable ways. Yeah, so that's yeah. something to do as well. This is faux. Now, they actually do have um, some nice kind of faux sheepskin as well on yeah. Next Ireland. Uh, depending on the size, that the prices range. They come in beautiful colours, rust browns, teals, navies. I love See, navy. lovely autumn colours there. Autumn colours, yeah. exactly. Like keep your teals and keep your pinks away for me at this time of year it's not hugger enough okay. for okay. me All right. um, another thing that I found which I am buying immediately is a full body hot water bottle
people, look, you're going to look ridiculous. But this is... Tell me you're all. Go- <laughs> you're going to look ridiculous. Um, so Not I, being alone. That's uh, where to start. <laughs> being alone is crucial for this one. Um, I found it on hardwareireland.ie. It's €19.99. It has a two litre capacity and it's exactly like what it says on the tin. It's a Ron Seal product. So it is a full body hot water bottle so it's, it's like long it's well it kind Do of you, you wraps wear around it. you oh, right. it does yeah you can wrap it around your waist you can wrap it around your shoulder almost like a, a wrap type thing you can lie on it you can hug it when you're alone at night <laughs> Right. Things just took a turn Ooh, there. But, okay. um, Christmas this, sorted. This is just yeah. taking the hot water bottle okay. to another level right. of cosiness. Um, okay, super. And yeah, so another thing that I, I saw, slippers, obviously slippers yeah. are things that we all adore. They make us feel cosy. And um, So if you happen to have 800 euro lying around, you can get yourself doesn't? a nice pair of Gucci slippers. You can get them on Gucci.com. They're from the 2015 uh, collection, but it's a re-edition of the Princeton slipper. It's fully lined and trimmed with lamb's wool. It has horse bit detail. It's a beautiful slipper, but mm. I don't have 800 yeah. euro. Uh, well, as long as we're past around. that trend of the two feet in the one slipper, I'm good with that. We definitely okay. are. But M&S do some really nice sustainable Irish choices. They have a mule slipper with secret support built in, which is 25 euro. And I don't know what this technology is, but it's fresh feet technology, which keeps your slippers fresh by combating all of those disgusting feet odours that everybody has from being so cosy and hugger. Well, not you, obviously, and definitely not me. Leave <laughs> <laughs> Mar. As always, uh, creative director of the journal.ie, thank you so much thank for you, coming into studio with all of those fantastic ideas. We tried to keep you low cost and good value and then you, you're bringing the Gucci. I had you. to what bring in do? the Gucci today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, well, it's always welcome. Right. And that is all we have time for uh, today. Great show. Really, really enjoyed today's guests. If you missed any of it, you can catch it on the podcast. All of our greatest hits are up on the News Talk app, which is powered by Go Loud or wherever you get your normal normal podcast for from just uh, Google the home show with uh, Sinead Ryan and you should find it there if you'd like to get involved in the show like our questioner earlier on if you have a question a topic you'd like to hear us uh, cover or you'd like Neve to go shopping well tell her what to buy she's perked <laughs> up already you can drop us a text at 53106 or you can email us during the week at thehomeshow at newstalk.com and don't forget to check out all of that information online thanks a million to Aoife Breen Simon Keane who produced and Stephen McLoon who was on sound. Have a great weekend and remember we'll be back here next Saturday at 8am. The Home Show with Sinead Ryan Saturday morning at 8 on News Talk.